Testament, I searched the New Testament uh, for variations of the word thanks or thankful. I had never done this before. I, I had never done this before, which is a little bit strange because often in my personal Bible study, uh, particularly years ago, I would find a word and do a word study, simple word study, is you find where this word occurs throughout the Bible and you study those verses that correspond to that, to that word. And to my knowledge, to my memory, I don't recall ever doing this, which is a little bit surprising because it's a pretty important word. So recently, not long ago, I was doing this study of the word thanks in the New Testament. I could have searched the Old Testament as well. There are many references there in the Old Testament, in the 39 books of the Old Testament where people express their gratitude. In fact, you, you go through the book of Psalms and you will find again and again and again the psalmists, whoever happened to, there are several psalmists, the, the, the psalmist was often expressing their gratitude to God. But I stayed with the New Testament because I wanted to find out how people who have been transformed by the presence of Jesus Christ, I wanted to find out how Christians, people who knew Jesus Christ, I wanted to see how they responded in large part because they had faith in Christ. So that's why I kind of narrowed it down to that point. I found a number of specific persons or things for which people expressed thanks. I found a number of people and uh, uh, th things or people for which people expressed thanks and uh, thankfulness to God. I want to share those with you this morning, a little bit of a different kind of a message. I don't typically do a word study in a message, but I wanted to share this with you this morning, and, and I want to share with you the things and the persons for which they were grateful, because an amazing thing that I found is the same things that they express thanks for, the same people that they express thanks for, are the people and the things for which we're grateful today. It hasn't changed. In 2,000 years, every one of these that I'm going to share with you, they continue to this day. The first one, the first one is Jesus. Now, that's probably not surprising, right? If you go in the New Testament and you do a word study about who or what people were thankful for, you're going to find people were grateful for Jesus Christ. That's not surprising because to persons who are walking with Christ, there is nothing and there is no one for whom we are more grateful than him. I am grateful for Jesus. Oh, come on, how many here are grateful for Jesus? I mean, that's just like, I, I am so grateful for Jesus. Now, I don't say that because it's the thing to say at a time like this. You can ask me any time, and, and I will be quick to tell you the, the, the person, the person for whom I am most grateful is Jesus Christ. He's the center of my being. He's the center of everything. We know from the first chapter of the Gospel of John that he's the center of the universe, but Jesus is the center of me. Luke chapter 2, not long after Jesus was born, he's just a few days old, an 84-year-old woman, her name was Anna, came to Mary and Joseph and the infant Jesus in the temple. Luke chapter 2, verse 38 says this, And coming up at that very hour, 
Anna began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Here's this woman, and she sees Jesus. Now, she doesn't know a lot about him. She doesn't know uh, the things that he's going to speak. She doesn't know the miracles that he's going to perform. She doesn't know all the details of how he's going to become the Redeemer, but she knows the Holy Spirit speaks to her. She knows this is the one who will become the Redeemer. I'm grateful for Jesus. He's my Redeemer. He became the payment for my sins and for your sins. He paid the price. He became the Redeemer for you and for me. He paid the price that none of us could ever pay. I'm so grateful for Jesus. When he paid that price, Jesus gave us the gift of grace. Would you say that word with me? Grace. Grace. It's a powerful word. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 14 and 15 says this, Because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Here the apostle Paul is, is, is expressing his thanks, but he says it in an inexpressible way. He says, this gift of God's grace, words fail me to describe He said his gratitude for this, the surpassing grace of God upon people. Thank God for his grace. You and I were worthy of death for our sins. It's true. And yet Jesus took our place, gave us the grace not only to receive but also to extend. When you invited Jesus into your heart, when you surrendered your life to him, thankfully, He delivered you from sin. Romans chapter 6, verses 17 and 18 read this way, But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart. He says, you were once slaves to sin. Now, you understand, that's some pretty loaded terminology. Slave means that you have no control, that someone else is in charge of your life. It's a powerful, kind of an ugly word. We don't like the word slaves, particularly slaves to sin. Jesus here, or Paul in Romans 8, was saying you were once slaves to sin, but you have now become slaves of righteousness. How many here are grateful that Jesus broke the power of sin in your life? That he broke that power. Do you know that before you came to Christ, You really had no power over sin. You would try, but eventually you would just give in. Now, as a follower of Jesus Christ, when you surrendered your life to him, the power that sin had on you was broken. Now, we still sin, but we choose to sin. We have a choice in the matter. Before I was saved, I sinned because I was a sinner. But now, when I sin, I choose to sin. There's a difference. He still forgives. He still comes in and cleanses us when we ask him. But thank God, the power of sin has been broken in my life and in your life. Grateful that Jesus broke the power of sin. Man, I'm thankful for that. Because of Jesus' grace and his deliverance from sin, we have victory in Jesus. You know, I'm going to say it before you came to Christ. You were a loser, and so was I. We were all losers. We were lost. We were lost losers. No, yeah, we were lost. We were losers who were lost. 
1 Corinthians 15, verse 57 tells us, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You are a victor. You are a victor in Him. Not, not because of what you've done, but because of what He's done in you. You have victory because of Jesus Christ. You no longer have to lose, go through life as a spiritual loser, but as a spiritual winner because of Jesus. We have victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, that relationship with Christ, that relationship with Christ, it was never meant to level off. It never was. It was never meant to plateau, to come to a certain point and then just kind of you know, maintain altitude from that point on. It was never meant to go to a certain point and then go into a period of decline. We actually have a growing faith. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, We ought always to give thanks to God for you brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. I want you to see that there. Your faith, he writes, your faith is growing abundantly. Um, I don't know how many friends I have. I, I've never counted them. Um, but I, and many hundreds of people that I have become friends with over the years. Uh, my oldest friend, I think he's been a friend of mine for almost 50 years. Next spring it'll be 50 years. He's my oldest friend. We've been friends, kept in touch for many, many years. But, but often I have found that because of time or distance or some other factor, um, some friendships just kind of fade away. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not like you get in an argument and, you know, cut it off. You're no longer my friend. But sometimes we, we have friends for a season. And then and if you, to see them again, you would, you would, it would be friendly. It would be very civil. But you just kind of go into then a period of decline. We have friendships like that. But our faith in Christ was never meant to be that way. It was never meant to increase, plateau, decline. It was never meant to increase, plateau, and stay that way. We have a faith that grows from faith to faith, from, from one occasion to the other. My relationship is stronger with Jesus now than it was five years ago. Thank God. I love him more now than I did 10 years ago. I know him more now than I did 20 years ago. Maybe you're, you're a new believer and you're thinking, i got a long ways to go. Well, listen, just keep growing in him because as it says here that we are, we are to, it is growing abundantly. I'm grateful for the Bible. If you have a Bible with you, even if it's on an electronic device, just hold it up for a minute. How many here are grateful for the, for you, for the, the word of God? You see, this word, uh, the Bible instructs us. It, it exposes things in our heart. When I read the Bible, I read it almost every day. There are very few days that I don't. But, but when, I, when I go into it, there's often many times when it exposes something in me. The Holy Spirit speaks through the word and says, this has to be right. You've got to change this. this. This is wrong. He exposes things as I go into his word, and it grows my faith in him. Faith comes by hearing. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. As I spend time in this, I grow in faith. It grows my faith in him. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 says, we also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you have heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it, for, but as what it really is, 
the word of God which is at work in you. He says, we thank God constantly for this. I like that. His word is at work in us. I need it. I need time in his word. I depend on it. I am strengthened by it. May we be grateful for his word. I thank God for the I thank God for the peace that he gives us. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 says this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let me just read that part again. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. My friends, may terror not reign in your heart. May fear not reign in your heart. There will be things that are concerning to us, but may fear not reign in our hearts, but rather may the peace of Christ rule and reign in our hearts. How many here are grateful for the peace of God? I thank God for his peace. I thank God for his peace. We go through some challenging times, and some of you have been and are going through them, but I thank God for his peace, the peace that, of God that comes, not because, not because there are no storms, but the peace of God that comes because he is in the presence, the presence, he's present in the middle of those storms. Think of, don't have permission, I didn't ask ahead of time, but I think of people just right here this week who have gone through some tremendous storms, just this last week. Thank God for his peace. We can also be grateful for the ability to pray. Think of that. Think of that for just a moment. I know it's, it's rather elementary, pretty basic, but we have the ability to pray. We have access to God himself through Jesus. We don't have to make an appointment. We don't have to call ahead. We're not in danger of being interrupted. Excuse me, I, someone else is praying. Let me put you on hold. That's, that's silly. We, but, but yet sometimes we don't think just how wonderful it is. We have the ability to come before God himself through Jesus. Do you know that Jesus was grateful for prayer? This is an exception. John 11, verse 41 tells us, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I say it's an exception because this was not a Christian. This was Jesus himself thanking God for prayer. And if Jesus was thankful for prayer, if Jesus was grateful that the Father heard him, how much more so should we as followers of Christ Thank him that we can come before him. Don't raise your hands to this, but how many are so grateful that that this last week you could come to him in prayer? We should also be grateful for the other believers that are around us because we're walking in Christ. In Acts chapter 28, which is, by the way, the very last um, the very last chapter of the book of Acts, uh, Paul, who had the Apostle Paul, that really about two-thirds of the book of Acts covers his story or part of his story, um, he had gone through some pretty hard times. Uh, run out of cities, uh, people tried to kill him on a couple of occasions. 
uh, arrest, beatings, imprisonment. Now he's on his way, or uh, on his way to Rome, and 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 he was facing a new set of challenges. But thankfully, verse 15 tells us that he was not alone. It says this, and the brothers there, when they heard about us, came to meet us. And on seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. In in other words, he's going through this really challenging period of time, but some brothers, some some fellow believers came to be with him, and when he saw them, he thanked God and he took courage. I mean, here's this guy who's, this is the apostle Paul. He's like like one of the, the premier persons of faith recorded in Scripture. But he was encouraged, and he, and, he, and he was grateful to God when somebody when somebody showed up in his life. One thing that I have found as a pastor, and I don't think I knew this, in fact, I know I didn't know this when God first called me to be a pastor, but I, I know this acutely now, every week, every single week, 52 weeks out of every year, I see someone who is going through one of the hardest times of their life. Somebody that I know, somebody, often somebody that I pastor, is going through in that moment, in those days, one of the hardest times of their lives. But I've also, in all of these years as a pastor, I have also seen other Christians come around them. Because they're connected as a part of a body, because they're a part of a congregation, because they're a part of a church, because they're connected with other Christians, they're encouraged when fellow believers come to them and love them and walk a part of that journey with them. On my way into the sanctuary this morning, I see my brother, Bob, I'm going to single you out. Bob Buchholz, where are you, Bob? Bob's back here, and I saw a bunch of people huddled around him. Usually people huddle like that only with a new baby. He's not a new baby. (laughs) He's not as cute as a new baby, and I'm telling you right up now. But you know why they huddled around him? Because they love this brother and they love his wife, and he's gone through a hard time. But I love it how people gather around. But the thing is, it doesn't happen just in the foyer of a church. It happens when people contact and when people write and when people befriend and when people love I'll tell you, it makes a huge difference when you're going through it. It makes a huge difference when you're the person that's going through it to have another brother or sister show up and you are encouraged and you thank God. I'm just going to say this. I've also known some who just kind of slip in and slip out, been doing so for years, don't really connect with anyone else in a body of believers, and then when they go through hard times, they get upset and they say, nobody cares. I've not said it, but I've been tempted to. I'm gonna, I've, I've been tempted to say no one cares because no one knows you. To be a part of a body means that we just don't make a certain connection. That's my church. I only show up once in a while. But we're a part of a body. And I encourage you, some point in the future, you're going to be in that place and you're going to be very grateful that you're walking the journey with other believers. And let me add this, fellow believers also pray for each other. Fellow believers also pray for each other. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11, it says this, Many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted us through the prayers of many. He again here, Paul, says, I'm, I'm grateful. Many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Again, someday you are going to be going through some really tough times. And you too, on that occasion, will be very thankful to God that someone is praying for you. I encourage you to pray for each other. When you hear of something, don't just say, oh, that's too bad. Don't send a sympathy card. Write them a note, certainly, but tell them you're praying for them and then pray for them. Write their names down and pray for them. One of the persons, I mentioned a moment ago, that we thank God for the people that he puts around us. One of the persons that God can place around us is a husband or a wife. If you're married this morning, thank God for your husband or wife. In fact, I'm going to ask you to do this. If you're sitting next to your husband or wife uh, and you're within reach, just reach over and take their hand right now. <clears throat> if you want to be married to someone next to you, go, no, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> just got ahead of myself. Don't do that. going to freak them out, man. you're near them, just go ahead and take their hand right now. Uh, you're, some of you are thinking, man, you had us hold them close last week and pray for them. Listen, listen, listen. Thank God for that person that you're holding their hand. Thank God for your, thank God for your husband or your wife. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3 says, God created marriage to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. I'm going to be strong on this. Listen, my friends, don't mock marriage. Don't disparage marriage. Don't dismiss marriage. But thank God for marriage. I thank God for my wife. I thank God for my wife almost every day. I thank God for the, the difference that she's made in my life and that I'm closer to Jesus because of this this one particular person more than any other that God has brought around my life. Many, but, but I thank God. We thank God for marriage. God created marriage to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Thank God we can also thank the Lord for the strength that he gives you every day just to make it through another day. First Timothy 1.12 says, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord. This thing called life is usually uphill. Have you found that to be true? <laughs> it's usually uphill. You keep thinking. As you get older, you're thinking, at what point is this going to get easier? Got some news for you. It doesn't. Some things get easier. Some things get easier. But then just when you start one thing, all of a sudden you got something that's more of a challenge. Life is uphill. It's never going to be perfectly easy. It's never going to be stress-free. Get used to the fact. Never. But thank God, Jesus strengthens us for whatever is on the journey just ahead of us. I find tremendous relief and joy and gratitude knowing that while I don't know the future, and by the way, don't want to know the future, I know this, that he is in the future, and that when I get there, he's going to already be there, and he's going to walk with me through whatever is in front of me. Oh, I'm so grateful for that. 
I mean, that's just like, I don't know what's ahead, but I know that he's going to be with me. I am so grateful for this. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus, our Lord. I thank God for healing. Many here this morning have been healed, supernaturally healed by God in your body or in your mind. He has supernaturally healed you. I thank God that he, he healed me. I wouldn't be here this morning were it not for his healing power. Luke 17, in Luke 17, a man with an incurable skin disease who had been healed by Jesus, it says, fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Well, why wouldn't he? His life had just been saved. He he was brought back into society. He was a, a person with leprosy, but now he's been healed, and he the first thing he does is he comes back and he thanks Jesus. Again, I wouldn't be here this morning were it not for this healing power of Jesus, and neither would some of you. I thank God that he still touches and heals people, that he still strengthens us in body and in mind. And finally, this morning, we can be grateful that there's more than this world that there's more than this life. How many here are grateful that there's more than this life? That when this body finally gives out, you see at some point, it's not that God's healing power, it's not that God's healing power has a timer on it after a certain age or, you know, so many healings, well, you're out. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. The Bible talks about a sickness that is unto death. There are, God's going to get me to heaven, and, and, and it's, if he doesn't return, then he's going to take me through death. And there's going to be a point at which my body, your body, shuts down. Heart's going to stop. Lungs are going to what it, brains, It's all going to stop. When this body finally shuts down or when Jesus returns. But through Jesus Christ, we have an eternal inheritance something that is going to last beyond this life. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Giving thanks to the Father because you're qualified. You're qualified, not because you passed a test, not because you took a number of courses, You qualified not because you're very special among other people. You qualified because you surrendered your life to him and he came in and he saved you. Because of this, you are qualified to share in the inheritance. You all have a huge inheritance coming. It has nothing to do with parents or uncles or aunts, some legacy I'm not talking about that kind of inheritance because at the most, that inheritance would just be squandered or spent or enjoyed for just a very short time, but we have an eternal inheritance with the saints in light, with the followers of Christ. Saints are not anybody special. They're followers of Christ with others who have gone before us. I thank God for the inheritance that is coming to you and to me. This morning... In the New Testament, I don't know, there maybe 10 or 12, 13, 14, I don't remember how many things there, but these are things that followers of Jesus Christ so long ago were very grateful for. 
Jesus, grace, deliverance from sin, victory, a growing faith, the Bible, peace, the ability to pray other Christians, the prayers of others, marriage, strength, healing, and an eternal inheritance. The remarkable thing about that is that none of those things, none of those things ran out a thousand years ago. They didn't exist just in the first century, but they continue to this day. Jesus still saves. Grace still does its work in us. We are still delivered from sin. He continues to give us the victory. Our faith continues to grow. He's given us the Word of God that speaks to us and directs us. He gives us the peace that passes all understanding. He gives us the ability to pray. He's given us other believers. He's given us the ability to pray for others and be prayed for by others. For many, He's given us a husband or a wife, or He will. He's given us, continues to give us strength, daily strength. He gives us healing in our bodies. And then when this life is over, And even already, we're storing up treasure in heaven and eternal inheritance. It continues. How many here are grateful? How many here are grateful? Would you stand with me, please? In just a few days, you are going to be gathered together, we trust, with family or friends. You're going to be gathered around a table and you're going to to perhaps reflect on the past year. I, I encourage you this morning that on that day, whenever it is that you gather, probably sometime on Thursday, that the, the thanks be not directed to what you have done, but to what He has done. Would you do that? Would you do that? Would you, would you express right now, even right now, just close your eyes and lift up your hands and your hearts and just thank Him for all that He's given you. Lord Jesus, I thank You. I thank You for what You have blessed us with. Lord, so often when we start counting our blessings, when we give you thanks, we talk about things. But Lord, these things, these things were not, were not possessions that they held in their hands, but these were things that you did in their lives, and things that you gave them forever. And Lord, it is my prayer that, that in, in preparation for a time of thanksgiving, in this season of thanksgiving that we would turn our hearts to you. Lord, may we not take the glory for what we have done, but give you the glory for all that you have done. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. And we thank you, Lord. You are a good, good Lord. You are good, good God. We praise you. Lord, as we make our way out of this place, as we, many of us, will be in fellowship with others, may we be grateful for them. I pray, Jesus, that we would show our world, the world around us, that we serve a good and gracious and loving God. I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be changed, that our attitudes would be adjusted. The Lord, naturally we are cynical and we are selfish. 
but as people who have been changed and transformed by your grace, by your presence in our lives, that we would be a most grateful people. Forgive us for our ingratitude. Help us to be people who are truly grateful for all that you are and all you have given us. We pray these things in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Go in the presence, the power, the love of Jesus Christ.